This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. All the latest news around Selhurst Park. Homestale Radio is proudly sponsored by CompleteSigns.co.uk Complete Signs are a producer of top quality internal and external signs for an ever-expanding portfolio of clients, including hotels, schools, local authorities and small businesses across the nation. Offering a wide range of creative solutions from flat metal nameplates to neon fascia signs and everything in between. Clients are offered the highest standards in consultation and sales support to ensure complete customer satisfaction. With clients free to choose solutions from a wide variety of materials including brass, aluminium, stainless steel, wood and a number of plastics. Covering most of South England with virtual offices in Croydon, Epsom, Hawley, Worcester Park in Surrey, Crowthorne in Berkshire, Regent Street West London, Docklands East London and Crawley in Brighton in Sussex. So if you're looking for the complete professional service for your sign needs, then look no further than Complete Signs. Head to their website, completesigns.co.uk, for further information, including contact details and full office addresses. Live commentary. Uh, ball back with companion in the centre of the field. I hope he plays a long breaking pass. He doesn't. <laughs> it's found Dobby. Oh, again, he's trying to... Have you got a word for those short passes? Well, I've got a word for that short pass, but um, <laughs> I better not say it. Live interviews. Yeah, I think that's where we'll be for, for the foreseeable future. You know, we've got some interesting things there. And um, I think that we're developing, we're developing it bit by bit. It's probably going to be our best option. Expert analysis. Hello, and thank you for... Oh, God, now that's terrible. One minute. I was trying to sound like you for a minute there, Chris. I'm um, sorry, hang on a second. I should actually be near my microphone. Just trying to bear me a second. <laughs> there we go. I'm back now. Well, most of the time, anyway. Homestale Radio. Welcome to Homestale Radio. My name is Chris Hambling, and I'll be hosting tonight's show as we look back on the last week's events for Crystal Palace. My delightful co-hosts this evening are uh, Ben Nagel. Hello. Hello. You made a rubbish talk last week. Uh, yeah, we're supposed to have a special noise for you that we captured from last week. Maybe wow. later. Um, anyway, so uh, we've also got Joe Holyoke. Hello, Joe. 
How are you doing? Oh, good, yeah, yeah. It's awkward when you ask me how I am in the introduction. Anyway, and we've also got Stuart Shave. Hi, Stuart. Evening, Chris. How are you doing? Oh, you've done it again! I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> this evening we'll bring you a full review of the vital 1-0 victory against Stoke, played out yesterday at Pat Selvers Park. We'll talk about all the key moments, player performances, and a whole lot more as we bask in the glory of 16th place. We'll also be looking ahead to a weekend where the intensity of the league takes a back seat as, we, as the squad travel to Wigan in the FA Cup fourth round. We'll preview that game and we'll talk about our hopes and or fears ahead of it. Uh, as ever, we'll be looking to you, the listeners, to get in touch. We'll cover as much of that as we can. So make sure you get in touch. I said that twice. About whatever you like. Anyway, to kick us off, we've got a quick summary of the week's main events and news in brief, but we didn't record it this week, so it's going to be live. Um, it's going to go wrong, but we'll try it. Exciting. Hmm. Get involved with the show. Email radio at homestale.net or call us on 0208-1234-098. Radio. Voices for Palace Watch. Faces for Crime Watch. All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is News in Brief. Right, steady on everyone. No mistakes. People will notice because we're live. Crystal Palace confirmed the sale of defender Matthew Parsons to Plymouth Argyle for an undisclosed fee. Parsons, an academy graduate, made his debut in 2010, but despite positive performances, found himself first team chances hard to come by. 22-year-old is the second former Eagle joining Plymouth this month after winger Jason Banton completed his move to Home Park last week. In happier academy, academy news, Palace youngster Johnny Williams has signed a new deal, keeping him at the club until 2018. Speaking to the club site after the deal announcement, Johnny said, I've been here since I was eight. It's a great honour to play for Palace. Now we're in the Premier League, it can't get much better than that. Hmm. Palace is a wide game with Swansea will now kick off on Sunday the 2nd of March at 4.30pm. The Eagles' trip to the Liberty Stadium had already been rescheduled to allow for the Swansea involvement in the Europa League, but will now kick off later to avoid clashing with the Capital One Cup final the same day. Meanwhile, further news on the movement of March fixtures by Sky and BT is no nearer, com- no nearer confirmation. Yeah, apparently. Okay, hmm. um, tickets for the away game to Everton are now on sale, with the club announcing that all fans can apply for free away travel to Goodison Park for the midweek game. Tickets are priced between 33 and 36 quid for adults, and full details for the free travel offer can be found on the official CPFC site. Great. Homesdale Radio is brought to you in association with CompleteSigns.co.uk for all your sign-based needs. To receive a genuine 10% discount, mention you are listening to Homesdale Radio and get in touch today. <laughs> Seems to be some little clown noise. Was that? <laughs> since our existence which is um pretty amazing isn't it um oh i just i don't really know what's going on back i can hear someone typing um i just i just i just don't know i don't know <sighs> don't get too we're, we're back now we got we got put on hold did we 
Yeah. All of yeah, them. Well, you, might, about, you might. Yeah. Well, you might not have done. We did. I didn't. I didn't feel like I was on hold. Um, <laughs> did you miss? Oh, well, we had a caller apparently, but that's quite confusing. Then Tom answered the call, so then we had the. Hmm. It's, it's all. It's all gone brilliantly. So I wonder. I wonder what <laughs> if anything was said that was heard that I was actually saying. Let's start again. Look, we've come back from the wonderful live news in brief. Uh, got a few bits and pieces I want to talk to you about. The first of those is the fact that we are pretty much three years old right now. Uh, well, Friday the 24th is the day we turn three. But um, yeah, so first thing to say really is to, to thank you all for your continued listening and your support. It's, it's very good. Very nice of you. Um, but we, we want to take a, a moment to talk to, hopefully, to talk to Furhad, who was one of the initial presenters alongside yourself, Ben. Yes. That first show. And um, a little bit later on, we've also got a clips package, which will um, sort of our, a few of our little favourite bits and pieces. If you've got any of your favourite moments from the show to share with us, you can email us, radio at homestyle.net, tweet us at HOL Radio, or you can, uh, I don't know, Facebook, facebook.com slash whole radio, something like that. <laughs> um, sort of still delaying, really, to see if at any point Tom or Mikey is going to phone Furhad so we can talk to him. I wonder if it will happen. Probably won't happen, will it? You just talk to us for a bit, if you like. I talked to you, Ben. Do you remember that first show? It, I'll tell yeah. you what happened, Chris, if yeah. you like. Yeah, OK. Yeah, well, uh, the, let me introduce you. The caller you. that called in was, was Tom. Was Tom. No, right? sorry. The, the, was Furhad, sorry, yeah. So Furhad gave and now he's Tom. trying to find the number. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Ask me, ask so me how the first show was again, Chris. That's it, Tom, yeah. Jesus. Um, we we, we're really lucky that we're just about to hear from Furhad anyway. This is one of the most traumatic experiences of my life. It's like, you know when you like, if you, you drop something and it starts rolling away from you, like a car, maybe, or you leave the handbrake off your car, there's nothing you can do about it. It just rolls and rolls and rolls. And, it, you know, you know it's going to hit something at some point. Anyway, <laughs> Furhad. Hello. Hello. Evening. Uh, evening, everyone. Evening. So as we were just talking about... Talk about being three years old, mate, and obviously yourself and uh, young Ben there were with me on that first show, and um, it doesn't seem like three years, does it? It, it? The time has gone so quickly. I was just thinking, you know, I saw the tweet the other day, and I thought, three years? Has it been that long? It was only the other day that we were, uh, you know, sitting by our computers, uh, doing the very first show, nervous as hell, but, you know, we, we've come a long way. We have. Um, when you say sitting by our computers, you mean in our high tech studio, don't you? Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah, Sorry. It's our real studio. <laughs> exists. Um, I was. Um, well, you, well, the listeners will hear it on a little clips back as we got later on. But I heard the the first ever intro I did the other day. It's actually not that much different, but I really can't <laughs> listen to those. I can't really listen to those early shows. Uh, ben, uh, what were your memories of it? I feel like we're we're paying homage to uh, to <laughs> the technical difficulties because. Uh, it, uh, I thought we'd come quite a long way from those, and but now it is, it's got a lot, a lot different in the in the three years. We used to have music. <laughs> we, well, did. Yeah, we, yeah, we did, yeah, yeah. It was uh, links and music and stuff like that. We were trying to be in a real radio show initially, but um, I think we settled into the fact that that was never going to happen. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think we're all a lot happier for it. It's been a while since we heard from you, Fred. Um, have you felt the season's gone so far? Um, I'm actually quite pleased the way the season's turned out. I think um, appointing Tony Pulis, I know a lot of people were a bit, um, well, I wouldn't say unhappy, but a little surprised because of the style of football that he plays. But the man's just perfect 
for a team that wants to uh, stay up in the Premiership. To be honest, um, I like the I like his style at the moment. I think under him things can get better, and um, uh, you, you've probably seen his press conferences. But for him, every victory is a is a battle. Uh, you know, it's it's not a case of you know great. We're not going to get carried away with it. Uh, it's on to the next game and on to the next three points, hopefully. Mm. But I, I like how he just keeps it real. He he doesn't get overexcited. He doesn't go OTT, keeps the players in check. And the fact that the man doesn't uh, sit down, he actually keeps on standing up, is, is, is testament to that fact. Yeah, I like, I like the way he jogs on and off the pitch at the start and the, at the end as well. Just sort of doesn't really get involved. There's a little smile on his face, but... You know he's there to do a job, and he's um, he makes that perfectly clear by the way he acts. Um, going back to the fact that we're we're three years old today, and all that sort of stuff. Um, do you have a favourite moment, or maybe a favourite guest in the time that we've been on air? So many guests. Gosh, um, I think the uh, oh, I think uh, there have been so many, but to be honest, I think the exclusives have we got that we've had by having Steve Parrish on the show. Mm. You know, it's we're so fortunate, you know. You know, you look at other clubs like Cardiff, like Hull, where the owners threaten to to walk away. Not so much Cardiff, but definitely Hull. Uh, and we've got four wonderful fans who've taken ownership of our club. I know it's been said so many times, but we are fortunate that that they engage with us. You know, this doesn't happen at every football club. We are really so lucky. Doesn't so for me, for me, it's Steve Parrish, without a doubt. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, I have, have to share that. I mean, obviously, the first ever interview we did was with Mark Bright, and um, I mean that was a it was a great interview. But it was one of those where it was so so good that Mark Bright actually talks as much as he does. Because I think, I mean, that's for me. That's the biggest thing over the last three years has been being able to talk to you know my heroes basically, and you know people are holding such high esteem, and now being in a position where from, from not really. Yeah, you know, I think I had to drink about five or six bottles of beer during that Mark Bright interview just to stay calm. And um, now I can do it almost yeah. without drinking. It's great. I, uh, I, th- I think from that Mark Bright interview, sorry to cut in, um, I think I can still remember it vividly where he mentioned how he met Steve Coppel at the motorway services and how Steve said, do you want a cup of tea? You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you, you just can't forget things like that. It was, it was an amazing interview. Yeah. Um, Chris. You and I, we we both went along with uh, Mikey to David Gold's house as well. That was interesting. That was a good yeah. interview. Yeah, um, a listener uh, um, got in touch during during the week and um, said he'd gone back and listened to the David Gold interview. And that memories of that came flooding back. You know what a great bloke he was, and spent like a good couple of two and a half hours with us, and then took us on a tour of his house. And that's that's the thing that I never the things that I never thought would happen when we started this crazy. And we had our picture taken with the first FA Cup. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Ah, fun times. Um, I'd like to obviously. Well, it's uh, gone a bit downhill from there, then. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're responsible for most of that. Um, Is anyone yeah. swear before I come along? Uh, we 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 allowed ourselves the occasional swear and stuff like that. It's um, yeah, it's it's been an interesting journey. But I think the thing the thing I want to sort of leave it on, really, if I may, and and it's it's the. It's not just that we've survived sort of three years of, and and it's still been worth it. It's just that you know week by week it gets bigger and bigger, really. And um, you know we're we're starting to bring various different bits and pieces. We've got an absolute multitude of people involved now, and lots of great ideas and all that sort of stuff. 
And um, really just to say, obviously, thank you to everyone who's been involved. You know, likes of Ferhad and Ben, who were there right at the beginning. And Mikey, of course, who's here today. Some, for some reason, I'm regretting it massively that he's actually able to speak. But um, he's only, only used it once so far, which is nice. But just <laughs> Yeah, so he does that a lot. Yeah, yeah, great. Oh. Um, but there you go. So, but yeah, and obviously everyone who's listened and everyone who's downloaded, everyone who's contributed in any way, and that's what I really, really like as well. We're starting to get loads of listener contributions, so and keep those coming. Um, yeah, brilliant. Three years old and, and couldn't be happier at the moment. Ferhad, we're gonna have to let you go, but um, thank you. Really Cheers, appreciate guys. you getting in touch, and hopefully you'll be on in another capacity fairly soon, mate. Definitely, Cheers, definitely. Cool. Take, Take care. care, guys. Bye. Bye. Cheers, mate. There we go, and yeah, as has been mentioned by Ben, I think that the show's gone in very much in the same vein as that first show. It's been all over the place, and if you do want to blame anyone for that, our producer Tom, his, his Twitter account is at um, <laughs> tfancet, that's F-A-N-C-E-T-T. If you want to abuse him for all the mistakes he's made so far, he's a bit self-conscious about it, so he, he, needs, to, he needs to be brought out by constant being, um, repetitive abuse. <laughs> Oh dear! A couple of little bits to mention for you very quickly. If you do follow matches live online, you can uh, follow. Go to footballfancast.com, um, and you can follow our own Twitter updates and that of Five Year Plan. And I think the Eagles Beak as well do it. Basically, a collection of discussion points during matches. So if you can't get to games, watching it online, and you're on Twitter, um, or well, not on Twitter. If you're on the internet, <laughs> just go to footballfancast.com and uh, follow Palace games live there. It's, it's, you know, something we contribute to and we'd like to get as many people involved as possible. Uh, we have a football match next uh, Sunday on the 26th ourselves where we're playing the listeners. Uh, it's kicking off at 2 o'clock, uh, Beckenham North Goals, if you know. Um, we'll be recording a show beforehand at midday. Feel free to come down. Be, you know, Give us a bit of an audience for the show if you like and uh, or you can come and watch the football and abuse us. You know, Whatever floats your boat. But yeah, that'll, that'll be happening 2 o'clock uh, football 12 o'clock the um, show record at the Beckenham letter, North Goals go on the latter would be funny if I just yeah. come down and abuse you that would yeah. be really it's usually what happens it's hmm, an interesting screaming sound in the background there um, right last little bit before we actually get into the main part of what we're here to do um, <clears throat> hmm, very distracting is uh, we've got a competition now obviously we um, ran a competition the last couple of weeks that remains the case um, it's the same competition so what you need to do um, is, uh, well, let me just say first of all that you can you enter this week. It's for two weeks' time because um, we're recording next week's show at the football match, as mentioned. Uh, all you have to do is go to hollradio.net forward slash enter, uh, where the question, well, this week the question is, from which club did Crystal Palace sign Mark Bright? Was it Leicester City, Stoke City, or Port Vale? Um, it's for people who listen live only who are able to do so. So if you're listening on the podcast, you can still enter. It's holradio.net forward slash enter. But obviously you have to be listening next, not next week, week after. It says here the Sunday the 12th of January. So if, if you have a time machine and can listen listen on Sunday the 12th of January, you've got a chance of winning. I think what it means is February the 2nd, if I believe correct. Uh, entries will close on Saturday the 1st of February though. So you've got nearly, nearly two weeks to uh, to get your entries in. HOLradio.net forward slash enter. Prize is a club shop, shop voucher. Oh dear, let me try that again. Club shop voucher. Um, one random item from the club shop. Uh, you won't be required to come on air at all. And if you're chosen as the winner, you'll be asked to email in before 9pm on the day of the show. Uh, I'm not going to read any more of the other bits and pieces out. There is... Um, 
Another way you can still win if you're listening next week and the winner doesn't claim their prize before 9pm. But um, we'll go into those details uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Oh, was that confusing enough for everyone? Yes. Mm, good. Glad to hear it. <laughs> right. Let's, let's get on with things. Now it's nearly 20 past eight. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, yeah. We were due to start the match review at seven minutes past, just so you know. Um, so look, we we played Stoke yesterday. It was um, it was a much needed and welcome win, uh, where we won the game one nil with a goal from uh, Jason Punchin, the pariah of recent weeks. Um, I've just noticed Nick come online on Skype. He's about to say, "Make sure I mention the chat room." That's holradio.net forward slash chat. Uh, just just to preempt him there, where he'll probably be with a load of other people. If you want to chat live around the topics of the show, <sighs> I think we've got a jingle or something that said the the. Uh, you know, the communicate ways you can get in touch earlier on, but I'm not sure it ever got played out the way things are going at the moment. Anyway, the lineup is the first base we're going to start after this one uh, nil victory. Um, we've been talking recent weeks. The focus has been Joel Ward, isn't it, uh, and where he started? I think it's fair to say that um, he probably had his best game in midfield, wouldn't you say, Ben? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I was surprised I didn't pick him out much today. Actually, they picked out uh, kind of blasting punching, and I thought that that Joel was a bit unfortunate to be left out of that uh, bit at the end. But I, I think looking at the at the start of the game, I didn't expect Guardiola to be playing where he was. I thought if anything, Joel Ward could have been moved to right back, and then Guardiola and Jinnak in the middle. But it paid off again. To, you know, fair play to Pulis. Uh, he's he's pulled it out of the bag again, and and it's three points. It's, it's fantastic three points as well. And, Guardiola in particular was I thought was fantastic yesterday. So you know that's a uh, props to to Pulis for playing in there. Yeah, um, I mean I suppose the, the the obvious way you go from talking about the fact that um, we, we started Ward in midfield again um, is to sort of look around that and, and the sort of the fullback positions and things like that and how we actually did play. Um, do, do you think perhaps well Mariapa? He was involved in the sort of the move for the goal just by chasing all the way up the wing. So you can give him a bit of credit for that, I suppose. But um, are you, do you still hold on to that fact that Ward should be back at right back or is he starting to change your mind? Well, I'm still not a huge fan of Mariupol. He was a little bit better yesterday, but there's still times it gets caught out. I mean, there was one in particular where uh, he just got completely sold. It was a, a volley um, up the, at the Croydon Advertiser. And I, I can't tell you who it is, unfortunately. But yeah, he <laughs> kind of just ch- chested it past him and he just looked completely lost really Mariapa and I think I don't know at times he looks really good and at times he looks a bit lackluster I don't know whether that's you know maybe a, a lack of you know just kind of sort of getting into his stride a little bit I'm not sure but mm. he, he's kind of he's getting better but I'm still not 100% you know sold on sold on him okay um I said yeah I, I know exactly what you mean I did think it I, I kind of agree with that I, he did did have a better uh, game yesterday but I just don't think that he offers enough going forward. But the trouble is, I suppose, under Pulis, he, he does like the full-backs to tuck in a little bit and to support the, the central defenders and to keep us tight. So it's kind of this sporadic breaks rather than Joe Ward, who was getting up and down quite a lot. I'm not yeah. sure he'd be a, a, allowed to do that under Pulis quite as much as he was. So in a way, maybe we're getting seeing, seeing Joe Ward in a more of an effective position. It, it's certainly given me food for thought after the last few weeks of, of complaining about it. Um, sort of... Well, Joe, we, we won't bother talking any more about the Joel Ward situation. I think we've got to leave that be for the time being. It doesn't look like it's going to change, even though your uh, your man O'Keefe uh, was back off the bench yesterday. Hurrah. Um, hurrah, indeed. Um, one of the other decisions that was made, um, in the absence of Jerome, was, was not to bring Gale in. Now, 
obviously pushing Chamak into that sort of that forward role and playing uh, Grady Ora just in behind him. As Ben mentioned, Grady Ora had a, a really good game, but Chamak seemed to struggle. Is that fair? I thought he played all right. Oh, okay. I, uh, yeah, I did. I thought I thought what he did, he was effective at what he did, and there can't be too many grumbles from yesterday. You know, I mean, it, we're playing against possibly the, the the most physical team in the entire league, probably the the biggest side. I would imagine Man City are not that far behind them. Um, but you know, for putting it about and and really getting in there and, and, and intimidate the intimidation factor, um, I thought we did a. But we did all right. I really did. Um, no complaints, mate. For once. <laughs> For once. Oh, okay. So I mean, obviously, a lot of people were expecting Gale to start. I suppose. And um, would it, yeah. it wouldn't have been a surprise, would it? I mean, the, the thing is, when does he deserve to start? You know, after he scores a twenty-five yard screamer against Villa in the last minute. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's, mm. I want him to play. That's my. That's my thing. You know. I'd, I really do think I, th- I think he'll be he would just get better and better and more confident the more minutes he's given well not more minutes just more game time as so, you know as in as in three quarter game time at, le- at minimum can't just keep giving him five minutes at the ends you know mm. it's gonna be soul destroying for him and we know what he can do you know he's, he scores a thirty five yard free kick in a under twenty one game and then a few days later he scores comes at, you know comes off the bench scores the winner in a in a Premier League game, what more does he have to do? You know, he's, we all know what he can do, but at mm. the moment we can't well, be lucky with Pulis because, you know, we, we're getting a nosebleed at 16th place at the moment. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And that's obviously you don't want to lose focus on that. But I mean, these are the <clears> things that, um, you know, people were thinking before the game started. Ben, you've got a view on Gale? Yeah, just on, on him not starting really. I mean, bef- the night before the game, there were whispers, I think the Guardian were the ones reporting it, that Wilbraham might, might come in. And I thought, that's absolutely ridiculous that, that that's going to happen when when you got Gale there, and I did expect it to be um, Gale and Shamak just behind him, if honest. And I, I was shocked and, and surprised when I saw the lineup. Um, and I was just yeah, the, the fact that you know Wilbraham came on and, and, and Gale didn't, it's just a, it's surprising really. I'm a bit kind of unsure how to how to look at it because Gale has not done anything to to say that he doesn't deserve a start. You know, he, he scored a reasonable amount of goals for the minutes that he's played. He's looked good when he's come on. I just, I don't really know what, what more he can do. No, I, I don't. But it's all about, this is what it comes down to, isn't it? Because, I mean, what I wanted to focus on about the, the, the situation with the strikers yesterday, um, bearing in mind we won the game and I, I don't want to focus too much on the negatives. But what I thought, I think you, you basically, you, you're taking somebody who's performing as well as they've performed you know, as one as I've ever seen him perform in Chamac in a position just behind a striker, and you're pushing him in, into a position where don't get me wrong, Chamac I think can play the, the lone striker role, but just not the way we need him to. We need a player who can, you know, who's who's got a bit more physical strength than Chamac offers, because you know too much was coming back and he was he wasn't winning quite enough headers, and he'll work hard, but he can't doesn't have the pace that Jerome has, Jerome has to stretch defences. So it became, we, we really struggled, I think, certainly in the first half. I think, I mean, a win can kind of mask a few things. And I thought we were really, although I thought we were the better side in, in terms of quality, which there wasn't an awful lot on show, I still think that, that Chamac was actually a weakness. And, and that I don't think it was his own fault. I think he's been asked to play a role he can't play. And like like you were saying, Ben, I think, you know, Chamac, Chamac with Gale ahead of him, I think that's a that's something that could work. And I mean, Joel, you've talked about sort of partnerships and things of, of strikers, and I think that's one that, that you know, it'd be nice if we could get to see. 
Yeah, I'd like to see that without a doubt. But I mean, at the moment, you know, he's, he's picking teams to 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 suit to suit the opposition, and I un- I do understand the the uh, the Wilbraham thing in a way. Mm. Um, but then saying that, he w- he would have been bringing on a like for like, you know, if he was Shemak off, and it's, it is hard to to try. You know, you would try and shake things up. I, I personally thought that a really quick little striker, um, two-footed striker, going trying to go through these big guys and getting mm. kicked would have been ideal for yesterday. Um, but listen, we, like you say, we can concentrate on the on the minor negatives from from what we want out of the game to what we got out of the game, and 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 we've said all along, we don't care how we win, mm. we can win ugly, uh, ugly as ugly. Yeah, um, no, I, to- I totally agree. I, think I was the- trying to think of that. I was trying to think <laughs> of that Holloway saying, you know, the one when he said he went to the nightclub and he didn't pull, he, he pulled yeah. the ugly bird, but he got he got the right result. She might, she might not be, yeah, she might not be the best looking bird in the bunch, but yeah. you know, you can take her own blah. blah. Yeah, it is a and bit there like you go. And yeah, it is, it is, yeah. it is. But I, I think, well, yeah, and when you look at the. the what happened just the result of getting those three points but i don't know I, th- I think we've got to be careful overstating it as well because we didn't we didn't concede and we weren't we didn't really seem to be under a huge amount of threat but um, as we'll probably talk about in a bit i don't think well there was an over i certainly the producer tom was saying earlier that he felt we were a little bit lucky and we'll have a look at that as a, as a well we'll have a look at that as a concept in a little while um i just want to talk one last little bit about about wilbraham um don't really see him making the twenty-five, do we? But having said that, there was he in the in the sort of five minutes he was on the pitch. I think, and bearing in mind the game was at that point, Stoke would just go had to go for it, didn't they? So there was a bit of space up the top, but he showed what what he actually has got. I mean, what he hasn't got is the ability to score a goal by the looks of things. But what he has got <laughs> is um, the ability to to offer strength and. You know he's he's a good link-up player. There was a few things, bits and pieces he did for us last last season that were just absolutely vital. And he hasn't lost that. He hasn't lost that part of his game. He's an intelligent player. He can hold the ball up, and he can bring others into play. The little step over dummy for chance for for punching was great. Um, the side foot wide probably wasn't quite so great. But little question for you, actually, Ben. If you think. If say all our uh, the irons in the fire in the transfer market don't come off, right. um, Glenn Murray is not going to be fit to go get to get in the twenty five. Uh, we're left with Cameron Jerome, and just, is there a, is there a chance that Aaron Wilbraham can be in that twenty five? Yeah, I think so. Um, he he obviously he hasn't scored in twenty six months, so let's be honest he he's not he's not going to come on and and get a load of goals, but. There is, you know, potential. Maybe you'll get one and, and go on to scoring loads more. Who knows? But he was brought on yesterday to to do a job, and he did exactly that. He was he was really good. I thought he obviously missed that chance where uh, ball came across to him, and he, he put it well. It was a tame effort, really. Um, but you know, the, the dummy, as you said, was fantastic. He's got the ball. Um, he's brilliant in the air. He's won it a few times. He's taken it to the corner, kept hold of it, done exactly what was asked of him. Um, and I think <laughs> I, I was a bit worried when he was. I saw him warming up actually about the reaction he was going to get, but. Um, he uh, well, it was a really good reaction actually. I think it's, he's mm. almost become a, a parody player. Really, I mean, people absolutely love it. You know, when he does something great because they're not expecting it, and he, he proved a few people wrong. I think yesterday because there's, there's going to be sections of the crowd that 
you know, absolutely slate him. Um, he's not good enough, blah, blah, blah. But, but he's yeah. done the job that he was meant to do yesterday. And uh, yeah, he did well. <laughs> uh, I just know, well, the one producer, Thomas, said that he's either new Alan Lee. And Mikey has said that Mikey has said that he actually literally loves Wilbraham. You're not the only one, Mikey. I know some other people who love Wilbraham as well. But um, yeah, I did, what you say, but it's quite in a way like it's the it's the comedy moment, isn't it? Like when he came on, everyone was celebrating, and when he had a few, you know, got up there, had a few chances, everyone was just, you know. But in a way, it's it's it is a bit of a joke, but it's also goodwill as well because. He's not one of those who's useless, so people hate him. And we've had a lot of those over the years. I'm sure Jell can remember him, but but he's one of those who, yeah, he's not scored many goals, and he's a bit of a bit of a figure of fun for us. But he's never he never not tries. He's always giving everything he's got. And you know, I, I think in a way, I'd absolutely love him to score. The trouble is, I've um, seen him. I've even seen him in warm ups, and it, it just probably I think he scored. I think it was Bristol City actually. Bristol City in the cup. Um, in the League He's Cup earlier up. in the season, and he he actually um, no no I mean oh, this, sorry, was, this, sorry. Was, this was early this season in the warm up. He was playing in, uh, he was warming up with the strikers, and everyone was just smashing the ball into the into the net, other than Wilps, and he was he was literally <laughs> the keeper was the keeper was saving everything, or he was hitting it wide and stuff like that, and he actually scored uh, scored one goal in the warm up. And when it went in, like the obviously the, those of us in the crowd went absolutely mad, screaming and shouting. And it must be horribly embarrassing for him in a lot of ways because he's you know he's had a long career as a professional footballer and you know, he's clearly not terribly clearly not a terrible player. It's just his confidence in front of goals gone. But that's the I thing. Know. I mean, if I if I was Wilbraham in that situation, and you've got other strikers, you know they people don't really care what they're doing, you're not really looking at them. But when Wilbraham's built up this reputation and he knows that everyone's looking at him, I wouldn't want to shoot, to be honest. I'd just be, uh, you know, when it's my turn to shoot, I'd just, you know, just give it to someone else. You have a go, go on. Don't wanna, I don't want to have a go, really. I, I wouldn't want to. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, I'm going to go to Stuart, because he's been lurking in the background, uh, gathering a few bits and pieces off Twitter. I can notice there's some stuff on the Stoke result and a little bit on uh, Wilbraham towards the uh, towards most recent tweets. So, so if you can uh, let us know what you think. Um, Stuart, what, what have you yeah, got for us? We've, um, yeah, we've got a few tweets in on uh, on the result from uh, the performance yesterday. Um, Brad's uh, tweeted us. He says, uh, good to see Guadori back. Uh, Ward is a beast in midfield. And another good clean sheet. Good on punching and the full-backs overlapping in attacks. Love it. Um, I mean, my thought, my thoughts on Ward is um, mm. I, I like him in midfield, and I think Bulis does as well. And I think it's just going to be interesting when um, when Jack Hunt comes back. So I've got, I think the man that possibly could make way um, is is going to be um, Gabidon, and I think Mariapa will move into centre. Hunt will go to right back, and Ward will stay in midfield. Just my my thoughts. Mm. I just I just got a hunch that Bulis likes him there in midfield. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from there, Stuart, definitely. Um, but um, it's not, not an opinion I share, but... No, we'll, uh, okay. no I mean, I, I, think you, I think he's great as a right... I think he's fantastic, into almost international class as a right-back, so I'd play him as a right-back. That's just how I work. I think we've got enough in midfield. Self and Gerald talked about it last week. I think we probably both agreed on that. The only thing I will say is that Ward's appearance, the more he plays in midfield, the better he's getting. So sure. in, on, that, on that side of things, I can kind of understand why he's st- staying there, but... Just seemed a waste of a of, of one of the best right backs in the league for me. But anyway, Stuart, you got one? Um, Paul says uh, we got three points. That's the only thing that matters. Um, true, short, concise, and to the point. And <laughs> um, uh, Ebo says he wasn't happy with the lineup, but was proved wrong. He's a bit worried about um, Bannon and, and Dwight Gale at the moment. I mm-hmm. um, think we all are a little bit. Um, 
not sure what's going on there. But um, I think he's just, you know, Pulis is, is picking a team that, that's going to do a job. So um, I think they might just have to, to wait their turn. I mean, I, you know, I think Bannon's a, a very sort of gifted player. He's going to, he's very good with the ball. He can pass it. Um, but, you know, he's clearly not the way um, Pulis wants to go at the moment because, you know, we, we've got a real battle on our hands. And yeah. maybe, you know, he sees him as a, you know, as a proper footballer and we need some battlers out there that are going to, you know, get stuck in and win us some three points. So um, yeah, he knows he knows the way he wants to play, doesn't he? But um, I say I hope, I'm hoping. I mean, does the you know getting Johnny Williams to sign a new contract would you would hope point to to him seeing that type of player having a role in his team? But um, the evidence isn't quite there at the moment. It'd be no, I mean, I, think, yeah. I, mean, I, think, I think I might think might be a bit of bluster to get a bit more cash room if someone comes in. It's it's totally possible. Like Will. Yeah, yeah. Like if if you're being being cynical, which you often are, of course, I think it's um, <laughs> I think it's possibly, yeah, you're possibly right, you know, correct there. But I, I still, I you know, I'm still be very surprised if, if some of these players don't have a future. Bannon, I, I think, is he, cutting off the, the look of a figure who who's being sort of you know ostracised. Is that the right word? Probably. Yeah. Um, and I think he'll, um, yeah, I think it's a real shame for him because. He's one of those. One of those who's not done anything wrong when he stepped out on that pitch. It's, um, it's, yeah, I would be worried if it wasn't for the fact that we're doing so well. You could. That's the problem with it, really. You can't. You want these players to play. You want Bannon to play. Everyone wants Gale to play and do well and score the goals. But you know. But but ultimately, we we've got ourselves into a much better position by by doing the things that Tony Pulis wants to do. And I think that's where we are, really. I'm just. Um, I'm picking up on a couple of things that uh, we were talking about. Wilbraham and, and Patrick O'Connor has said that he obviously he, he feels Wilbraham's never let, let us down in an important match. It's a very valid point to uh, to go back to you know, with with Murray's injury last year. We still had um, some really uh, key moments. Or, sorry, sorry, two key games that he played a big part in. Okay, it's fair to say he probably missed more chances than than anyone in uh, up, up up in Wembley. You know, probably could have put that game to bed. A long time before Phillips's penalty, but he, he does really well in the role he's got. Hmm. Um, I did notice that Graham Burt's the the other uh, side of things for regarding Ward. Uh, he says it works against Stoke, but will be found out against the better teams. Give O'Keefe and Gale a chance. Obviously, Gale not in midfield, but um. Can I, can I just say, say quickly about the forwards? Yeah. Well, I think Shemek, um, uh, uh, Wilbraham, Haynes, um. Jerome, I, I think they're, I think they're all much of a muchness. You know, mm. I don't think we, we haven't got. I mean, it's nice to have Jerome's pace, but, but if, if all we want is a hold-up player or, to, or a player to get the odd flick on, and then, then we, I think we, we could turn Jerome into, into that kind of player. Only he, he would have pace that the other two haven't. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um... Well, we just got we got four forwards really at the club, and only one really one natural goal scorer. And Gal, he's a natural goal scorer. And why you look yeah, at yeah, it, would have made all that dough for him. And he's the one being frozen out. And I mean, obviously one's injured, but but you know, it surprised me. It surprised me to to you know to have two old up strikers in the. Uh, I know Shamet scored a few goals now, but he's, he's yeah. Not, yeah, but he has been much more effective playing the D. Do we? I mean, when we haven't got one of those players, when we haven't got Schmack or Dr- is there a case to say we should be changing our system? I noticed there was a tweet that came in uh, earlier on, yeah, suggesting that four five one doesn't work, um, and that we um, 
Well, it isn't, is it? It's four four one one. That's that's what we've yeah, been playing yeah. for a while now. Yeah, uh, but obviously with Gay with Gay Diora being the one in behind um, Jerome, he obviously Gay Diora's a midfielder, much more. You know, yeah, he did get up and support, but yeah, he did. He looked excellent as a you know, but he's a midfield player. He's not he's not a deep line forward, really, is he? But um, so I, know, I think it was Dave, Dave Walgar was saying that that was. He might have to evolve. He might have yeah. to evolve. We've got a right back playing centre midfield. He, he, he's evolving into a different. He's being he's evolving and being nurtured into a different type of player. I mean, if, if that's what you have to do, then that's what you have to do. In all honesty, I think we, you know. I, I thought we'd have had a bit more interest in some players. I mean, if if the guys are looking, then they're doing it, you know, keeping their heads down to to, to avoid getting skinked for extra dough and, and yeah. everything else and seeing who's out there. But you know, Steve uh, um, Steve Parrish was talking on uh, obviously uh, was it Five Live before the game yesterday. It was um, really interesting to hear what he had to say. Um, he was making it very very clear that they've had they well. You know, reading between the lines, they've clearly had issues of players demanding too much. I had talk coming from, um, I won't say where it came from, but basically talk of what um, what the deal would take to get Scott Dan in from Blackburn. Um, there's a, there's a, a a fee that they that the, the Blackburn want, which I think is something in the region. Someone said it was up to six million pounds for mm. for him as a centre back, and then he's on he's on fifty k. <laughs> So and then then apparently the, the deal he's after is four years. Add all that up, and it's fifteen million pound to sign a um, a decent, you know, a very good uh, English centre back. But nonetheless, he's he, someone from the South American, something a defender from the South France American, or, or Belgium, who would be or, yeah. who would be technically more gifted, you know, yeah. skillful every, in every which way for half that money. If you're gonna if you're gonna spend that sort of money, if you're gonna ask a football club to spend that sort of money, then I mean, in our position, you wanna. You, this is what we were sort of money we were talking about for our you know our striker who's gonna put away these chances, which apparently we're being asked for it for a centre back. And bearing in mind how well Gabidon and, and Delaney are playing, you've got to say that a centre back's gonna to have to come in and try and win a place. So you're not gonna spend. You, you have to be 50, thinking that this is that this is Gabidon's last year. You have to. Yeah, be yeah, yeah. Four. Yeah, but you know, but fifty. Fifteen million quid. Oh, no, I understand. Yeah, but this is the kind of yeah. But this is what I was saying to you about you know when people said I wouldn't pay hundred thousand quid a week. You know, I was using that as a figure. But the the average the average midfielder the the average fifty grand is the is the average in the Premier League, mate. I'm telling you now. And yeah, listen, I'm not disagreeing with that too much. But all I point out is this is Blackburn, and we know what happened with Blackburn. Uh, it's just it, it's unfortunate that the player we want plays for them because it's the same with Jordan Rose. Jordan Rose's scoring record is, is the is the scoring record of a player that a Premier League club would have snapped up by now if it wasn't for the fact that they signed him on stupid wages. You know now now whoever wants to take a chance on him in the Premier League, has got to pay you know eight to ten million pounds as a fee, and and then try to beat his forty to fifty grand. Excuse me, grand a week wages again, and it's again you're talking about 10, 15 million quid to get a player in from from what is the championship, and when when you when the players you're trying to bring from the league below to make you better are costing you that much money, uh, it's no it's no wonder we're struggling to bring players in. Man United um, did it for Wilf. Yeah, they did, they did, but that's Man United, isn't it? And the, yep. that's the thing that to them. You know, as much as they're struggling at the moment, to them, fifty million quid, yeah, it's a gamble. But they, 
in terms of revenue, they just dwarf us. We, it's, for us, it, it's it's too much. It is too much. It's a real problem, I think. Trying to strengthen this side, you can see where this, you know, where it's all coming together from the, this sort of conflict of how much we can spend and how much we can't spend. It it's a real nightmare. Um, has, any, has anyone Google just because if not, I want to do it. Has anyone Googled what the average Stoke player is on? Has anyone Googled what just just the average? Because no. they've been in the Premier League for eight um, years so now. It's their ninth season in a row. So has anyone Googled what they're on? Because they, I'm telling you now, you you'd be horrified. You'd be horrified. Yeah, I'm not. not I'm, I think I think the average Premiership wage is thirty grand a week. Pretty Thirty. Sure, pretty sure someone showed said that the other day. But the bear Hello, I googled it. Would you like to know? Yeah, go on. That's it's that link that Mike has posted. Uh, Twenty-two grand a week apparently is their average weekly wage. Of yeah. of Stoke or the Premier League? Of Stoke City. I was going to say we're not can't be the Premier League because we've got. Like Chelsea, yeah, they're, they're, they're not, they haven't got anyone under, yeah, under this, seventy this was, grand. This was wasn't that recently. This was a uh, a year and a bit ago, a couple of years ago. Uh, but it was twenty two grand a week. So you built mm. into the into the wage structure of every every time you stay up, your wages are going to go up ten percent, your bonus is ten percent. It's just it's just a risk. Yeah. Anyway, look, look, we, we are drifting slightly onto what is it? It's an important topic and one that we're going to keep coming back to. Until that window closes, and that's our ability to get players in, in you know, into the squad, which Pulis is demanding. But you know, just to, to sort of look back at the Stoke game in a bit more detail, um, the the, the key instance we, we started talking about them, um, but there weren't a huge amount. It was a really scrappy game. It was the sort of game you expect down at the, towards the lower reaches of the league, where two physical teams, one set up by Pulis and Hughes, are trying to change, and, and one that's been turned into a, a Tony Pulis side. Effectively kicking, kicking, got a few lumps out of each other. But I felt we did a lot less of that than Stoke did. And notice Crouch throwing a few elbows about as well. One in particular that Joel Ward was pretty angry with, and rightly so. Now I've seen it back. And um, but there was a key save. It was actually uh, I've written it was Crouch's head. It was actually um, Mark Wilson he got a head run in the first half, and it was pretty much the best chance of that first half that, that Jules managed to push away. Um, and he, you know, he's still making really important saves, and he does look. He looks like he's up to his game. I think he knows, we were, we were talking at the game, I think he knows that, that the club are looking to bring some competition in for him, if they can. Um, and I think he's um, he's really starting to up his game. From it was, he, it was already great, but obviously he's really starting to look a bit more commanding now. And he's, I don't doubt he's had a bit of coaching from, from the manager in that and what he, what he wants him to do. Um, the other side of things, <clears throat> I wonder if you heard me burp there. It was quite bad. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, another few other little bit, things I wanted to mention. Uh, Charlie Adam got into. We we were quite well. We we let him have a, a, quite a lot of space, and we were lucky in a, in a lot of ways for him not to punish us, uh, particularly at one point early in the first half. But um, I suppose I'll ask you this, Joe. At any point were you worried about Stoke? I mean, they created a few chances. Were you worried at any point about what they were creating? Well, when I saw him score three goals against Liverpool the week before, I thought oh, we could, you know, we could be in for an hiding because they. You know, look like they've got their scoring boots on, but saying that, I think anyone can score against Liverpool these days. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they, they are they're they're established, aren't they? They've got some very very good players. Um, but maybe it's just you know the the, the crowd and the and little crappy stadium and and, <laughs> and 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 everything else that just just you know I think it it overawes people and we 
we obviously have to raise our game every single time we play. We have to raise it, you know, we have to raise it that much. But it's still a very, you know, you still have to adapt to, to, to the team that you're playing. Um, and I, I just thought that the that the purist set him up. I mean, he, he obviously just looked at the team and went, right, they're going to play this, this, this. I did have reservations about from corners and stuff, you know, with Crouch with his quick feet and his flick-ons and stuff. And yeah. with, you know, with, um, oh, what's his fight? Um... I can't think of one of their players. Um, Walters? Uh, <laughs> Walters? Yes. John, Wal- John Walters. How do I know? I always know who you're trying to think of. I know. Yeah. No, always... he, 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 is, he has been playing. He played fantastic last week. And I just thought, oh, he's here we go. And you, you could see. I don't know. I really don't know what it was. They looked, they looked stifled yesterday. And that... you can only put that down to tactics. You can only do that. Mm. We've got to start geeing ourselves up and saying that we are now stifling the the, the Premier League tacticians because I thought yeah I thought it was really it was interesting you you're picking out sort of similar points where I thought we actually won the game and I think the the performance of Crouch is an interesting one uh, for, for sort of two reasons the first reason was he was pretty ineffective yesterday and he was losing headers to Capadon and and obviously to Delaney as well. I think the two centre backs had a really good game against him. Um, but he I should think never what... lose a header against Gabadon in all reality, no, no, exactly. should he? Six seven, crikey! Giving away most of a most of a foot. Yeah, Gabadon was winning headers, and and that's you know that's credit to Gabadon as much as it is. I think you're probably right. I think we knew how to play him a bit as well. Bearing in mind, Joe, that we you know we are we have been linked repeatedly to signing Peter Crouch. Um, would you bother on yesterday's performance? Uh, yeah, I really would. I really would because again. I don't, you know, he, everywhere he's gone, he's been a success. And if you play him right, you know, everyone has an off game. Everyone has yeah. an off game. You know, he's. I mean, look at the goals he scored the week before. He, he just. I, I just think we we not we don't give ourselves enough credit for for stifling players. And and I don't think we give us certain players we've got are just quality. You know, absolute quality. And when we sit back and watch that season's, the season's DVD, the review of the season, no matter what happens, we will look back on certain results and, and certain patterns of play and think, well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what will be the biggest thing. If we do, if we don't manage to stay in the Premier League, what players we lose to other Premier League teams, that will be the interesting thing. Because it won't be a case of money. It won't be a case of money trying not to keep them because you've got the parachute payments. Yeah. So and the loanies will disappear, won't they? Back. So, you know, mm. it's. Um, I thought we've. You know, uh, but Crouch, I would have him in a heartbeat. In all honesty, um, but again, we'd have to be giving back. You know, giving certain players and whittling down the squad. But it's yeah. there's always room for improvement. But in saying that, I think he's 31, isn't he? So, 32. Yeah, 32. Yeah. Now. So, there's you know, some... in his best days are behind him, and he would be a bit part player, but. Yeah, some speculation in the papers that um, signing the likes, likes of Effrington and Crouch was um, something that uh, Steve Paris was going to rule out. But then in the same article, it did claim that Paris was um, in Barbados when you know he was at Sellers Park and hasn't been there. That was Steve Brower. So you can't really attach too much accuracy to um, well, Effrington, those sort of reports. He's, but, he's, uh, I liked him when he was at West Ham. I thought he yeah. was. I thought he would have gone higher places. And then, of course, we read in a paper just a few weeks ago about you know he spent. He's he's a a member of Gamblers Anonymous now, and you know yeah, whatever yeah. it was, and not he's not not anonymous anymore, is he? But he's spent <laughs> two million pound on gambling. Yeah, yeah. So you you know you've got that, but 
never detracted that he was a good player. I thought he was destined for bigger things. I really did. Um, yeah, but he so would did. he would look good flying down the left wing for us. But then yeah. we got Best. Bannon, who I think yeah. is as good and younger. But yeah, again, but and these um likes of Everton, who's also you know same age as Crouch. These are these are short term experienced players, and short termism is something that that our club shies away from with good reason. We've you know fingers burnt in the past and all that. But that's where, um, you know, at some point you've got to compromise. If the manager feels that that's the right thing to do to keep us in the league, then you know, you've got to argue maybe, um, you, well, you've got to back the manager as best you can. And I'm sure the club are trying to do that before, before anyone gets carried away with what I'm saying. You know, who, who did we nearly get from Arsenal at the beginning of the season? Bentner. Um, that wouldn't surprise me if that happens next season. Yeah, yeah or even this season, if, if Arsenal gets someone else in. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's so, who I thought. That's what I really thought. The way that Steve was he enthused about him and everything, you know, and he just and then when he, you know, we did the interview with him, and he said, you know, he was our player. He was our player until until the German got injured. Um, yeah, at Arsenal. So it shows you these things can fall apart. Um, you know, for any, for any good reason. Anyway, just rounding off that that Stoke game. Obviously, the goal came from Jason Punchin. We can't really do anything doing anything without talking about Jason Punchin. Uh, the prior last week, he's, you could see he was emotional after the game. Uh, said it had been a really tough week for him because he had taken a lot of stick and it wasn't, it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't just the occasional idiot on Twitter giving him abuse. I'm sure he's thicker skin than that. I just think it's one of those where because it was that penalty hole was just mentioned continuously by not just Palace fans or Tottenham fans, it was everyone. It was all over the, the you know, the internet. and the world. Great. Yeah, all over the world, really. And it, you know, really and he knows, league. yeah, and he knows it was a awful penalty, and it was great, and to see how, how happy his teammates were for him as well. Um, and it was to cap, it, you know, again, I don't suppose it's a typical Jason Punch and kind of performance from what we've seen from him. You know, in key moments, he can do things that you know you need at this level to win games, and that's what he brings us. What he, you know, and he, but he does go missing for for certain other periods of that game, but I thought he had a, he had a decent second half, and the sort of the anticipation and the skill. To get that goal, I think. I mean, it's just—it's a nice reminder of why he's there and what he can do. Um, I still think he can play a lot better than he has been playing. I think that's a fair, uh, fair thing to say. And when you start looking at the the sort of money in terms of fee and wages that Southampton want for him, if we are going to consider paying it, which obviously Pulis would like, if we are going to consider that and Punchin wants to join, then he needs to be producing performances at that level. Um, but you know, fair play to him. He's had a horrible week. Um, and he hasn't let it get to him. He showed what he can do, and he's, he's proved, you know, proved a few people wrong by doing it. So, congratulations to him, and uh, long may it continue. Um, hmm. One other last little bit on the actual action on the game. Their their goalkeeper Jack Butland had an absolute oh. stormer, didn't he? Certainly that that, that period of play with three saving, saving three shots in quick succession. Um, usually, when a keeper does that, you tend to find one or two of them just hit him, but they didn't. Um, Sensational, wasn't it, Joe? Oh, it was like that. The Wembley 19s. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. 
With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Definitely, the Polish keeper, Tom Ajewski or whatever his name was. Just, I couldn't believe it. Just, they were three brilliant, that trio, brilliant saves. I mean, he, he literally kept them in the game up until then. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's a very, very good goalkeeper, isn't he? Always, always, always highly thought of and playing, playing in the Premier League. You know, he's a very good goalkeeper. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I saw someone suggest that we could... Um... Sorry, Ben, actually, before I go into that, you've got a point. Yeah, just quickly on, on Jack Butland. He's, you know, he's been pretty tough for him at Stoke. You know, he's got Pegovic there. Pegovic is a fantastic goalkeeper. You know, so he's kind of been playing second fiddle to him, but... You know, he's, he's got his chance because Begovic is injured. And that was absolutely phenomenal yesterday. I'm going to stick my neck out and say that England should be taking him to the World Cup because he yeah, yeah. he's a young young goalkeeper and he, is, he, he looks absolutely brilliant. Well, he yeah, t- 20 years old, you've got to imagine that when he matures. Was he the Birmingham Academy, wasn't he? Uh, Butland, he was at Birmingham, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think he came through the Birmingham Academy. But yeah, I mean, he was, he was I'm sure he was, or he is part of the, the England youth side because he's not that old, is he? Um, no, it's 20. Kid, huh? no, 20, that's what I said, yeah, yeah. Christ so, if you, yeah. Didn't, he, didn't he have a nightmare last year, one game? Didn't he have a, a, a nightmare um, and, that, and that was it, I think, when it for him? I was, I was, funny enough, I was talking to a Stoke fan about him and he was saying um, that they consider him a, li- consider him a liability. Um, but, I mean, they obviously they, they saw that performance yesterday and you know, have, to, have to change their minds a bit, I think. But I just think goalkeepers are mental anyway, don't they? They do yeah, stupid I mean, things all the time. So I mean, he conceded, he conceded five against Liverpool the week before, didn't he? You know, so arguably they would might they might feel that um, you know the likes of Begovic would probably do a better job between the sticks. But I think if you look at what he did there, if you keep if you give him a run of games at, at the Premier League level, I think he's only going to get better and better. So um, I can certainly see us um, if we. Um, if we stay up, making a move for him in the summer. Um, Pulis is obviously a big fan. He signed him mm. um, for Stoke. Um, you know, he's it's no secret that he may he's you know he's he's on the lookout for some competition for Spironi. Um, yeah. Certainly, yeah, if we, you know, if we um, if we stay up, I could I could certainly see us going. You know, making a bid for him at least. And uh, you know, if Begovic is still ahead of him and still at Stoke, I th- you know, I think you know there's a real possibility that you know we might be able to get him. Well, if we stay up, with the, the, the Premier League money it opens us up to a, you know, different level of players than than what we've been looking at. That's the thing, and then we've got the rest of the summer to to be, you know, not just a couple of weeks of, of rushing about trying to nick low knees and stuff like that. You know, we really have got the summer to try and to to improve the squad the, the way that they want to improve it, and not sort of forced into into improving it. Exactly. Um, I mean, on the subject we were talking about, whether or not to bring Crouch in, uh, Jim CPFC got in touch and said that Crouch would be a waste of money. But I also noticed that uh, Dave Walgar has mentioned that um, Adam LaFondra would be a good risk, um, sort of good purchase for us. He, he scored at Premier League level and has been scoring for his club as well. But it's a strange one, LaFondra, isn't he? He's one of those who um, who only sort of seems to start on the bench and uh, still gets the goals. But I don't know. If, well, I wouldn't be wouldn't be against the signing, but whether or not it's the way we'll go, I'm, I'm not too sure. Who's the other defender? Um, the defender that's not playing for Southampton at the moment that we sold him. Fonte. 
Font? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think I think he played the other day, didn't he? But um, I don't know. It's not it's not beyond the realms of possibility. We might ask for him back. You never know, do you? But again, what what you know what they paying him? He was club captain for a while. It's it's a it's a strange one. Uh, just a couple of other other ones I wanted to pick up on people being nice. Shirley's wished us a happy birthday. I'm talking about. Oh, said really nice things about how brilliant we are. Oh, she, got, she obviously hasn't heard you much, Joe. Um, there's an unnecessary dig, dig at you. Yeah, is why she said it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Albert said uh, happy birthday. Has the fat stripper that I ordered turned up yet? Um, hard to um, hard to answer that one. Um, I, I could Thank answer it. Kill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lee Taylor says that we'd be a weaker team without punching. Um, I think that's fair. I think I think we would. Um, but I don't whether or not he's the best we can get in this position. I don't know. Joe, you made a noise. Well, uh, listen, football. Like I said last week, it's all about opinions. But mm. he, he definitely the, 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 what he does do when he when he turns it on, he does. He just looks different quality. But you can't turn it on for ten minutes out of ninety. You know, we, we, we need him. You know, if he's going to be an integral part of the team, we need him. We need him. We've seen what he can do when he smashed us. They had the hat trick from Millwall against us. We know what he can do. Um, but we, you know, we, we need him to be more involved. To be, I don't know. I really don't know. He's getting better and better. You know, let's put it that way. And, and his goal was, you know, again, that dragged the inside. He fainted, sold the defender, and, and sucks it in the bottom corner. You can't ask for it. You can't ask for better than that. I mean, you know. He's mugged himself around the world the week before, and then he scores the win in a week after. I think he's he's uh, I think he cupped his ear to the fans as he ran past them, and which might have been a little bit sort of unnecessary. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a marmite, and he punching. That's the thing. You like, you know, some people yeah, like. Yes. Some um, okay, right. Just to wrap a few more bits and pieces now, and get ourselves on for some previews, and we're also going to hear about the injury situation from the club doctor again. Oh dear, really can't um, just, just just can't believe what we've done there. Anyway, look forward to that in a minute. Um, everyone's been asking people on Twitter and what have you about um, man of the match at the moment. It's an interesting range there. We'll come to those in a second. Um, I want to mention a couple of little things from Stoke. I mean, Stoke had, had had seventeen chances to our twelve, which I was a st- statistic that I think Tom's put on the document for me. But I was um, very surprised to read it because I didn't feel that that actually. Sort of reflected the game, and I can only imagine a lot of those were kind of long shots that were way off target and stuff like that. I think from from memory, it was only two that were actually on target. Yeah, I've scrolled down to a safe from memory. It's right there in front of me, two on target. So I think that shows you where that came from. So I, I don't think we were really ever under any serious threat of losing that game. Although while it's scrappy and even while it's one nil, you you know it only takes one mistake for that to happen. Um, the atmosphere of the ground I thought was pretty quiet until we actually scored, and I think. I'm just wondering, Ben, if I might ask you whether or not mm-hmm. um, you, you feel that maybe we're getting to that stage now. We've been loud all season. We were still loud before it in comparison to a lot of teams. But do you feel maybe we're now in a position where we're starting to look to the pitch for a bit of inspiration? You know, are we starting to get a little tired in terms of our, our home support, maybe? Yeah, it was quite so I agree with you. I think you've got to put that down to nerves a little bit as well. I mean, it's Stoke. So you've got to be hoping for a win there, and when you you know you, you know the minutes are passing by and you're not winning, it's uh, it's getting to the point where everyone's a bit like, oh, is this going to happen? And it was a bit lacklustre at points, but I mean, when the goal went in, the atmosphere was well and truly there. It was it was rocking. So, but yeah, yeah. I agree that it, it was a bit lacklustre, you know, in the in the lead up to to the goal. 
I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. I don't think. Uh, Stuart, you wanted to make a point? Yeah, again, just on the atmosphere. I mean, you know, a little similar to Ben. I mean, when you're playing the likes of, you know, the teams that are in there and around you and the ones that maybe you're expecting, you know, to, to get a win, it, it, it does you know, create a bit of a nervous and tense atmosphere, you know, as opposed to playing the likes of Arsenal, you're sort of turning up expecting, expecting to lose. So you're just going to have a good time and enjoy yourself and you make lots of noise. Whereas, you know, the the Stokes of this world, you're you're expecting a little bit more and it just Mm. maybe makes for that tense atmosphere. Yeah, I think that's a it's a fair observation. I I don't think there's there's too much to read into. I think sometimes there's, there's every right to look to the, um, to look to the pitch to give you that inspiration to to produce that bit of noise. I think sometimes you can't really ask the crowd to do it continuously. Um, although we do, generally speaking, and the you know obviously the H, the HF were, were pretty loud, and you know the guys at the back of the R for where I am were, were, were trying to sing all game, but it just felt like most of the ground only joined in after that goal went in. And I think that's in a way that that's something that the you know the, the management and the team need to be a little bit aware of is that sometimes if you're going to play the way we're going to play, if you want that loud backing that seems to make all the difference, then you, you've got to do something on the pitch to inspire it. Sometimes because it's hard. It's hard sometimes on a, on a you know on a miserable day or whatever. It's it's hard to get yourself going without with a, without a little bit of inspiration. In, I think you might have been in parts of the ground where your just your background noise was was masking. Uh, the other noise, but I can assure you, um, mm. I mean, I watched it online, and that singing did not stop for ninety minutes. Only, I promise you. And every time yeah. we went to, you know, I, did, I, I, I was watching it on. I was watching the, the live stream. I was had Sky Sports on, and I had the tablet with with uh, Twitter on, and it was everything. You know, any time links were coming up, it was it was loud all the time. Yeah, I mean, all I say to that is. I'm not saying it, it, it wasn't there wasn't singing all the time, but it was in the key areas, and if microphone position does <laughs> does have an effect on that, and it's um I know for well I know that the microphones are in the area of the, the loudest parts of the ground. I think that's pretty pretty clear. They used to all be by the away support, you know, used to sort of come come home from a game having sung your heart out at the at Sellers, come home yeah, and then it you didn't sound push, like it, did it? And you think you think hang on a second, you can only hear the away support, and they sung about no, three songs a game. I think we had three or four cameras when we were in the, when we were in the championship. It's three or four cameras that turn yeah. up. But you have seventeen there, don't you? That's the thing. That's you're it. Seven, yeah, and it's it's all biked up everywhere. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, it, it was just it was just an observation. I think that you, yes, a goal will always get the, the stadium going. But I think just for me yesterday, maybe little signs that um that some of the supporters got a little bit tired, a little bit sort of jaded by um. By the season, I, I don't know. Starting the starting the game bottom of the league have made a difference or something like that. It was it was just a bit odd. It was a bit odd early on, a bit hard to get going, but um, but yeah, it was fantastic by the end. You know, by the end, that was one of the best atmospheres of the of the. Excuse me. Yes, the season. Someone tweeted that we were up to sixteenth if results stayed the way they were. <laughs> it was, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, we had uh, we had the phones out well, as soon as we heard that, and we were just staring at the table and laughing and sort of jumping around <laughs> like idiots. It was great, but um. Well, at one stage, you know, we were 15th, mm. but because Norwich finished after us and they won, they jumped above us. Yeah, that was a shame. Um, oh, dear. I really shouldn't drink beer while I do this show. So it's making me burp incredibly. <laughs> <laughs> Mistake. Um, I know now. It's fine. I won't do it again. Um, right. Man of the matches. You've got loads of those for me, Stuart. What's everyone been saying? 
We have indeed. I mean, the general consensus is um, that Joel Ward was uh, was head and shoulders above the rest. Um, Will Will Gain, he said Ward. Um, Patrick O'Connor went for um, Jedi Nack. Um, Alex has been on our very own Alex. Uh, he reckons Tony Pulis was man of the match, but got uh, he got the game plan right, which led to the uh, three vital points. Um, so ben Richards, Shemak run his nuts off. Um, Bob White, Joel Ward, Zoe Messenberg, Ward. CPFC, Harry Ward, solid again, and Liam went for Ward or Guardiola. So, uh, oh, and Elliot Hughes, let's not forget Elliot. Wilbraham, whatever the question is, Wilbraham is always the answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cracking tweet. Thanks for that one, mate. Um, <laughs> Wilbraham is always the answer. I might have to get I don't know if, <laughs> just a quick point as well, I don't know well, if uh, Alex White's aware that Tony Pulis actually, uh, it's, it's impossible for him to be named man of the match. <laughs> what you've done there, Ben, is you've taken his uh, comment as a very literal, literal comment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you for. Thank he you. Didn't, he didn't actually no, play. No, he didn't play. No, he wasn't. He's not actually registered he's as a player. He's just on the side. Really. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, good time. Yeah. Um, I just. Oh, I didn't make it. I've got to come back to something in the atmosphere I want to talk about uh, in a moment. But. Um, uh, I, I, yeah, in terms of man of the match, there's a lot coming in for Ward, and I kind of expected that. For me, I, I agree with Patrick O'Connor when he says Jednak. Jednak was just an absolute. Could well, the papers had it as punching? Yeah, well, they would, wouldn't they? Because he scored the goal. It's easy for them. They don't have to be at the ground to, to pick that. Punching. Who did the match sponsors say? I, I didn't hear. I really, I really didn't hear, to be honest with you. Um, it, it could have been punching. I just I don't know. Um, for me, there were a few. There were a few to choose from. Ward did have his best game in midfield, but I still think Jed and that was 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 a step above him. Um, Mariapa had his, one of his best, probably his best game at right back. I felt he just he got forward well enough, and him and Paul both both got forward to get crosses in. The, the the quality of cross from both is is dodgy. I have to say, uh, Johnny Parr in particular. Um, it was one of those we signed him, and everyone thought he was left footed, but he is right footed. You can you can see it a mile off, and he. he Struggles to get a decent cross in sometimes, and that, that's a little bit frustrating um, because the likes of, of Punchin and Balassi do have a tendency to uh, to knock the ball back to them to get the ball into the box, and that's the one criticism I'd have um, over it. Any, any others at the moment is we're not getting the ball in the box quick enough. Um, Can I just say something about Jedi? I thought his distribution was fantastic yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I totally. Well, he wasn't agree. trying to play worldies. That's what he wasn't trying to do. He wasn't trying to be creative. He was just using the ball easy, 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 and that's what you need to do. It's the th- it's the timing of the pass, isn't it? Because sometimes it's there's there's no rush when someone you have got someone charging at him and he'll just see he'll know exactly where they are and he'll just play that ball away at the last possible second. Yeah, the absolute right pass, and that's you know someone's on top of their game when they're doing that. There's a couple of little t- challenges and one absolutely sensational tackle that I think probably everyone will remember. But for me, I think Jedinak shaded it above Ward, but Ward was. Do you know he was Australia's Player of the Year last year? I did know that. Yep, yep. And um, yeah, I mean, maybe Australia don't have quite so many well-known players as they used to have, but that's still a hell of an achievement. And obviously, he was our Player of the Year they as well. Qualified for the World Cup again, so they got a fair few decent players <laughs> in the world. Yeah, um, I had this thought the other day, and. and I've got to be careful how I phrase it because otherwise people start calling me ridiculous. Um, but in the role that he plays in our on our side, how many players in the Premier League in central midfield would you pick over him? Oh. I don't have to answer that. It would you know? I, trying to figure out the best way to say it. Maybe to put it the other way, 
do you think how many how many teams do you think he wouldn't uh, wouldn't entertain playing him in their side? He wouldn't think he's good enough for their team. It's got only the, the, the top few, isn't it? You know, not many. But even I mean, oh. even yeah, even someone like even Man United at the moment, he's a. It, it, I think he'd get in above either of their centre mids at the moment. What Phil Jones? <laughs> well, I was thinking more uh, cleverly in oh, character times. You know what I mean? But I'm just thinking like. For me, he's just he's he's becoming just one of the one of the finest midfielders I've seen play for Palace. He's just got absolutely a little bit of everything, really. Mm. For me, he is uh, he's probably the finest since uh, since Jeff Thomas in when uh, in my lifetime. Anyway, when I've been watching Palace, I can't I can't think of a more combative, um, uh, intelligent midfielder since Jeff Thomas that we've had. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd compare them both. I wouldn't want to choose who was the best out of them. So, exactly. I mean, they were both. They were both fancy. You know, Jeff Thomas was fantastic for us. Mm. To the point so, where, and I know he only. You know what, what happened to him, and it'll always be remembered in an England shirt for it. But he got picked on that on that on that season. He got picked to play for England, centre midfield for England. You know, fantastic yeah. effort, good player. I'd hate yeah, to yeah. choose between them. Um. Uh, yeah. Um. Tom tells me he's one of only four players in the Premier League to play every minute of every game. Um, you, so you, just, is... you just wouldn't take him off, though, would you? Generally? No, no, Unless no. You had well, to, he I wouldn't mean, want to come off, though, would he? He wouldn't no, want to come. It's just ridiculous. Do you remember? I, mean, in, I think no. it was. Was it in the? Oh, I can't remember what game it was. Now was it even at Wembley? Maybe he was quite clearly injured and still carried on playing. But yeah, anyway, great, great player, great performance, and and so vital to us. Um, hmm. Where to go now? I mean, I want I want to end it, but I do. I'm worried, wondering if I should really talk about this next subject. I probably should. Do it. Do it. Um, okay. Uh, bearing in mind, well, I wasn't in the vicinity of this supposed incident, right? But basically, as I understand it, um, there was a result yesterday that that happened, and the result happened to be Reading beating Bolton seven-one. Um, it's terrible, terrible news. Um, now. Some people apparently in the lower Homesdale started obviously the the chant that does ring round about Dougie Freeman. What have you done? You know, people are entitled to sing what they want to sing. You know, there's a bit of anim- and there's a bit of anim- animosity from a large section of support over how Dougie left the club, and there's you know other people who who see it a different way and what have you. Um, but apparently, that ended up in not just uh, a bit of a song fight, but ended up in a physical fight as well. Um, I'm just wondering what people's views are on on maybe hanging on a little bit too much to someone who's no longer with the club. You know, no disrespect to what he did for the football club. I think everyone has a respect for what Dougie did, certainly as a player, um, and feels you know maybe feels a little let down about what happened as a manager. But you know, it's a long time ago now. You know, it's a different. You know, he he made his choice for whatever reasons. He might have you know, he might have left because he didn't feel he could work under the conditions he was working under, or he might have chased the money, whichever you choose to believe. But should fans really be infighting over um over Ducky over the fact that people were enjoying Bolton losing? It's um personally, I, it's it's a difficult one because you know we all feel a little bit bitter about the way he went. Um, um, in my in my in my eyes, I still see him as a club legend. I think he's a he was a great ambassador for us as a player. Um, 
I think he was going to go on to do good things with Palace. Although, having seen what you know what's happening at Bolton, I can't guarantee that anymore. But he, you know, we we still we still we hang on to you know past glory sometimes, and we you know we still think about Ian Wright. We still talk about Ian Wright, and people still get worked up about what he did when he was an Arsenal player and kissed the Palace badge. Uh, sorry, kissed the Arsenal badge. Um, kissed every you know, badge. Kissed the West Ham badge, the Burnley badge. <laughs> he's a badge kid, He's a serial badge kisser. <laughs> But you, but you know what I mean. He did great things for us when he was at Palace, and you, you grow to love these players and these you know members of the club and the members of the team. And it, it's like you know, it's like when your girlfriend or wife leaves you. I suppose you just feel a little bit bitter about it, and and you want them to you know <laughs> to, to, to fall on their ass. I suppose you know, and, yeah. and that's what, what Friedman is doing. Yeah, we've got. I know we've got some opinions on on Twitter coming back from that, and because it's not connected directly, I suppose, with the Stoke game, we'll come back to those after we've uh, we've taken a little break. But I think what we should do now, um, obviously, we want to know what's happening with the injury situation at Palace. It's been dominating uh, our season in a, in a lot of ways. So, and we're fortunate that we get to speak to the, the club doctor on a, on a almost weekly basis. So, um, here is a quick update from from Doctor Unk. Welcome and my Crystal Palace friends. I am Dr. Unk and I am here once more with an injury update from the Palace squad. We have some good news and some bad news. Deal with it. Jack Hunt and Glenjamin Murray are both progressing as expected. They will be stepping up their training involvement over the next few weeks as they attempt to make the 25-man squad. Kegis the tubby South African chap is still hampered by a muscular injury. It is possible he will be okay for the trip to Wigan, but there are no guarantees. I... Excuse me. What is it, Kerpel? That is the toilet, my father. It's down the hall and the third door on the right. The right. <coughs> I have been asked why I have not mentioned Jerome Thomas. I'm afraid I was unaware of his existence until this week, when he returned from injury to get injured once more. I will keep you updated on all his additional injuries as the season progresses. That is all. Auf Wiedersehen. Coming slightly suspicious of that, Doctor. I'm not completely convinced that he's genuine. Start to say some quite unacceptable things, but um, um, thanks, yeah, thanks for the update, Doctor. It's much appreciated. Well, um, <clears throat> if we can just go back, uh, Stuart, you can take us through some of the uh, opinions on the on the Dougie situation. I mean, a lot of people taking um, taking it the sort of view literally just simply that um, you know, commenting on him leaving <laughs> whether it was a mistake or not. You're right there. Um, someone just said, "Can we have Doctor Runk arrested for war crimes or something?" <laughs> Um, Poor anyway, just moving, moving, moving on from that. Um, Stuart, have you, have you got anything for me on that? Um, well, it, it proves my point really. We've got loads on it, which is you know for Dougie Friedman, yeah. and you know it's 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 just people that you know still think about him and still you know care about what he what he what he's getting up to, and you know it's, you know we got Gav here saying it's you know it's not looking good for him. Uh, Jim with a predictable oh Dougie, what have you done? Uh, Manners curtains. Thing. I don't think it is, though. They can't afford to sack him, can they? Well, yeah. that's an interesting point. I mean, I've heard that said a lot of times, can't afford to sack him. 
I think they can afford to sack him. I think they can afford to carry on paying him now. Uh, I think if you look at the implications of of getting relegated, or if anything, even you know not keeping in touch with the with the with the teams above them, I suppose is probably you know it's got it's it all costs money, unfortunately. So uh, it's a difficult one to call. I think there's a really there's a point to be made. Uh, there's a, there's two separate points. One is how Palace fans view Dougie, and the other is about um you know how how Bolton view Dougie, and obviously as Palace fans. I, my point of this whole thing is we shouldn't be infighting on our different opinions of Dougie. Dougie, for I mean, there's, I don't think you'd ever find anyone who would, who would argue that he can't spot a good player um, because he's he's done that brilliantly for us. If you look at a lot of the players he brought in um, and, and signed, they've, they've all been fantastic. And some of the players that he tried to sign and couldn't, you know, he wanted us to get Jordan Rhodes. He went after Danny Ings, and they're the two, you know, two of the, the best strikers in the division below right now. Things like that. So there's a lot to praise him for in terms of his ability to pick a player. Uh, but he was a rookie manager when we were employing him, and to and to keep him and to match the money that Bolton threw at him um, would have would have just would have been a huge huge risk. And, and I can kind of understand why people wanted us to do it. Um, but but we did offer it in an improved contract, but we didn't offer what Bolton were offering because you know Bolton viewed themselves perhaps quite rightly as as a Premier League team in waiting, um, and he very nearly got them back into those playoffs. So there's a lot there's a lot you can support him with, and you can say he's not had the backing from Bolton this season, and that was always going to be the risk. And the simple truth is, if he doesn't get the backing, what can he do? Because yeah, that's why he's struggling. He can't replace the players who are underperforming and still on pretty big wages. He just can't do it because Bolton don't have the money. So, I, But the whole point is, the reason people take a bit of joy in that situation is in part because Bolton came along and played the weird, the big club card and took our manager. So I'm glad that they're not doing so well. And the other part of it is that at the end of the day, Ducky did go and take the money. Whatever, Whichever way you look at it, he could have stayed at Palace. Yeah, but you can't, you can't. You can't look at it like you can't look at it like that. He did. He did take the money, but you can't look at it like that because it. It literally. All right. Here's your thing. Tomorrow afternoon, your closest competitor, your your closest competitor, Chris, secretly rings you up when your boss can't hear you and says to you, "How much are you on?" And you say, "I'm on X." And he says, "I will give you Y and a car and an extra three days holiday a year. See you mm. next Monday." What are you going to do? Yeah, well, exactly. But first of all, I mean, you know, I've never taken Y. I've, t- I've taken X, but I've not taken Y before. So anyway, that's just my joke. But I know what you mean. <laughs> I, I look, I completely understand. But that's been, and this is the problem for me. This is where it comes from. Is that fans don't view certain situations. But it's you, changed, as, as you've just explained. Changed. Yeah, yeah, it has. It, but people, but people don't. Money, they don't play, but it's very rare that players play for the badge now. They, they, they're not like it anymore, yeah. are they? They just want the money. They've got like a 20-year career where they need to earn a shitload of cash, of which they're going to be paying 40%. So, you know, I, I know what they're on is, is life-changing money compared to what, you know, compared to maybe not you, but what I earn. Um, but, you know, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no, you know. It is, it is, you know, we'll be, we, but then what, what do they do? What do they do? Maybe they, they just go down the boogies every day and just and do it in and they'll end up being a walking dogs at, a, you know, greyhounds or something. I don't know. You've just got to take the money while it's there. Exactly. Yeah, I know. And, and the thing is, I mean, we love the club 
and it's very rare that you find uh, a member of you know who's a play, member of the playing staff who, who loves the club. You know, we're, we're quite fortunate. We you know we've probably got Julian Sproni at the moment, but there's you know there's there's in the past we've had you know Eddie McGoldrick still around, Mark Bright still around. They're in love with Palace, just like the Palace fans. Yeah, but they went on and did their but, thing though at but, Arsenal, but, didn't but, they? But, they all yeah, went on. Yeah, but cool. So you know, it was a job at the time, but they're back, and they they obviously you know love the club. But if you, that, I think that's what's most disappointing to the fans is that we all thought Dougie Friedman was was in that group as well, um, and then he well, it, clearly he wasn't. He went straight away for the money, and it may be in ten years' time, like Mark Bright did, he'll come back and he'll be involved with the club again because it's close to his heart. But it's just it's very disappointing when you you have this image of a person you don't really know. And then he just does a complete opposite. Right. To what but you then think. you have to wake up and realise that that image is not always the image that you want. That's the yeah. thing. There yeah. is not a person out here. If, uh, if they've given him basically a double your money or a half, a half your money again deal, there is not a person listening to this or you speak to anyone on a train in the morning that is going to turn down a deal like that. No, no one in a million years. You know, whatever car he had down here, if he had to buy his own car at the club, they would have, you know, they're sponsored by Audi at the top of the range. You know, whatever, if his house down here might be five, four, five, six hundred thousand. He'd be living in a massive mansion up there rented. Do you know what I mean? His life changed beyond belief. And, and, and as much as it, as much as it pains me to say it, because I was pissed when he, when he did that, but I understood, you know, you just got to just go, you know, the other thing as well, what happens if, this year, what happened if we'd have, if we hadn't have gone up? If he'd have stayed, we hadn't have gone up. Or it, it, people would have been going, "That's it. He's a he's a rookie. Get him out." Right. How long did you get just, out of a football club? Just look. Can I just say all you've all we've actually proved is that no one's over it at all, are they? Because I mean, the point I was trying to make was simply that fans should not turn on each other from having differing points of view, even not over spies. someone like like Dougie Freeman. But I mean, clearly, if you it's a subject that even this far down the line, people could still talk about for hours on end. And we're not going to anymore because um, because of the time and what we've got left to do. But um, thank you to everyone who's got in touch on that subject. It's just Did we get fast... any cake? We haven't yet, no. Not even an e-cake. It's unbelievable. But it's um, it's um, an interesting... Uh, it's interesting that you can just bring still so much emotion. It shows you how much Dougie meant to people and, and how little people are still really understand, even though all the information's out there in the public domain, as to why he actually left in the first place. Um, people still love a conspiracy about it and what have you, but I think you know the, tr- the truth's pretty clear. And um, you know, I, I guess he's. I just said, you know, after telling everyone to stop saying, you know, in the chat. <laughs> um, I think. <laughs> I think the. Ah, um, oh, I said um as well. I've been consciously trying to stop saying that. <clears throat> the, the simple point for me is that Dougie um, left the football club and wanted to leave and possibly probably uh, regretting it because he hasn't done as well as maybe he'd hoped he he wanted he wanted to leave and go on to to a club with better possibly you know with a better chance of getting into the Premier League and and on the flip side as well Chris sorry to interrupt you on the flip side they got beat 7-1 you're going to get ridiculed for that anyway. Don't matter who yeah, it is. Exactly. So, but I, I genuinely, as I said at the time, and, and I, well, you know, I'll continue saying. I said, you know, again. Um, <laughs> but I would, I would still like a time in the future where Dougie comes back and manages Palace again. I'd still like that. I still really? think. I think. He, I think he was doing a really good job. But I think people do like to rewrite history. They do forget how much he was getting stick. 
before we had a, a good little run after pretty much after the Bristol City game, he was getting stick. People were saying that they were bored. People slugged him off week in, week out, slagged the board off for persevering and going with the cheap option. They were saying, "Oh, you appointed Dougie because he was cheap. He plays two defensive midfielders." Blah. They were people were doing these things, and now they all claim they weren't, and they always always knew Dougie was going to be build something amazing. It, that's what but that's what really bothers me about the situation. But all I want to say is that I don't think people should ever fall out over over their differing opinions on the Dougie situation, and especially not in the crowd at the match. If people let people sing what they want to sing, it's my biggest gripe. You should let people do what it is they want to do to support their team, as long as it doesn't negatively affect other people's ability to watch the match. And that's that's it. That's it. Don't start pushing your own opinions on the other people. That's just unforgivable in my view. Anyway, just to push my opinions on you, um, we're going to go and talk about this um, trip we've got to Wigan in the FA Cup fourth round. I think for us to talk about in a moment, I'll read some little facts out, but really it's just how what do we want to see in terms of a team and uh, how important do we consider it? Is it a nice distraction or is it something we could do without? Do, do we consider it a competition we could actually win? Um, but here's, um, here's some information for you as I try and talk over the sound of someone typing. Well done. Um, Wigan are the current FA Cup holders, thanks to a late header from Palace, bo- from former Palace boy, hmm. Ben Watson. Uh, through the fourth round off, they beat MK Dons 3-1 away um, after a 3-3 draw at the DW Stadium. They're currently 11th in uh, the championship on 36 points. They lost 3-0 to struggling Doncaster in their last game. Uh, their new manager they've got in charge, who replaced... Owen Coyle, probably, it was Uwe Rosler, a former Brentford manager who's been in charge since, well, since December last month. Played 10 games, won five, drawn three, lost two. Very good young manager, Uwe Rosler. Uh, obviously, it'd be a long time, well, be several months before his real ideas get communicated to Wigan, um, but I think he'll do very well there. Um, due to Europa League and other tournaments, this is Wigan's 36th game of the season already. My God. That's impressive. Uh, they've scored 35 goals this season in all competitions, just under a goal per game, and scored three in that last two FA Cup matches. Their top scorer is Nick Powell. Oh, he of Manchester United, formerly of Crew. Uh, five in the league. He's got two in the FA Cup and three in the Europa League. And on, below him is Jordi Gomez on five goals. And familiar faces to us are Ben Watson and Emerson Boyce. Hmm. Um, we've only ever played Wigan three times. Wow. It's impressive. Uh, we last played them in the League Cup in 2011-12 season, where we won 2-1. That's when Johnny Williams scored his only Palace goal. Hmm. And um, in 03-04, we drew 1-1 with them and lost 5-0. And I think that 5-0 was the end of Steve Kemba's reign as Palace manager. So a little bit of history there, but only very, very recent. So, uh, Ben, I'm going to ask you a question. Joe, I'm going to ask you a question, and then we'll move on. Uh, ben? Okay. Is the FA Cup important to us? Is it a competition we could win? I'm a bit confused myself on this. I don't really know what I think. Because before (laughs) the West Brom game, I was adamant that it was a distraction and that we need to concentrate on the league. And I suppose I should now even think that even more so, you know, being 16th and, you know, seeing light at the end of the tunnel, really, you know, climbing up the league in the dizzy heights that we're in. Um, But I love the FA Cup. I mean, there is, despite what people say, there is still a bit of a magic. And I love going on a cup run. Um... You know, Wigan. I've I've seen that we've got Wigan in the next round, and I've, I've immediately thought, you know, that is winnable, and we can get through to the next round. And then in the next breath, I think, oh, but do we want to get through to the next round? Um, Team wise, I mean, we we played a very strong side against um, against West Brom in the last round, so it it will probably be, you know, give Boateng another chance, maybe put Wilbraham on the bench, give him a chance, 
Gale should start. You know, give give some yeah. players that haven't quite got into the Premier League starting lineup a chance and and see what happens. If we win, we win, and hopefully it's a a reasonable home draw in the next round. Um, but yeah, you know what? Give it a go. Let's see what we can do in this competition. Well, you brilliantly managed to answer the question I was going to ask Joe in that, which is about what sort of team you wanted us wanted to see. Do you concur with that, Joe? Do we go out and strong team, but try and pick a few of the fringe players as well? Yeah, well, that makes sense, wouldn't it? But the other thing is, not not too many of them, you know, four or five. But we need to keep that just that cohesive unit playing, and you know, maybe maybe bring Gale into a, a bit of pace up front. I definitely have. Uh, I give O'Keefe a game um, in the middle. Um, how long's KG out for? Just going. I off really, the top really, really, really don't know. I'd have to ask Doctor Unk for a bit more information. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> well, ask someone else about what they think and they might, but I want to come back to Capania after this, if you can. Um, do you? Okay. Well, we we can do that. Well, what we'll do uh, very quickly, just round round up what, uh, what we all think about Wigan. Uh, just to put my opinion on the record. I'm I'm going up there. It's only it's only bloody ten uh, ten to get in. I think seven if you're a young adult or some sort of concession. It's amazing, really. Um, but uh, yeah, personally, I, I do think that um, I think we should go out go out to win this game. I think Wigan aren't a particularly strong side. Think some of our fringe players are easily good enough to to make to, you know to have a good effect against them. I think similar team agree with we're lads similar team as we as we saw in the last round. And I think that winning games, as I said before, winning games is is a good habit to get into. Um, agree with that, Stuart? Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think it's a good opportunity really to um, maybe get the um, the players that haven't been in the um, the twenty five man squad from August um, looking you know sharp and be in consideration for the, the, the squad that's going to be announced at the end of January. I mean, I'm talking about the likes of, you know, Dobby, um, who's not really, you know, done, done much. Uh, Garvin, um, you know, all those kind of players. <coughs> Won't be our strongest team, obviously, but, you know, it's, it's a chance to look mm. at what, we're, um, what, what we can do with the, with the squad. Yeah, I think I think so. I just don't. I don't want to see us, as Joe was saying. Don't want to see us do too much different. It, it just needs to needs to be enough to get these decent. I'd like to see Kai Kai. That's my probably the one thing I'd like to see different from the last game. I want Sully Kai Kai to get a, get some first team action because he's been. Well, and Boating then as well. Yeah, yeah, Boating definitely because he he played the last game and did, did really really well. But but Kai Kai to come into that as well, I think. Work get him in alongside Bannon and Williams and people like that and just yeah, nice little cut run. It'd be good. I think it should be good for everyone. Um, okay, well we're gonna we'll talk about Campania in a second. I just want got an email to read from uh, Colin Fernley. Thanks for your email, Colin. Says, uh, obviously, Tony Pulis is the uh, manager of Palace. Had to win the game against Stoke, which he did. But his obvious affection for Stoke he must have found the match difficult and been a little apprehensive going into it. However, thanks to the Stoke fans' reaction to him and the reception of the flag flying from the end, it made they made the day easy for him. I suppose it's an interesting observation that he might have. Might have struggled a bit more if the fans hadn't been quite so welcoming to him. Uh, maybe a bit of a lesson to us if we uh, welcome back some other managers to our uh, place in the future. Um, maybe not. Uh, I, tr- I thought there was something sensible being said um, in our chat. Um, most of it's about my mum for some reason. Let's <laughs> uh, to avoid that for the last bit of the show. Um, I'm going to take quickly take you through some just to remind us of the sort of the feeling after the. After the win yesterday, a couple of the forward reviews are my favourites. Nick Clifford said, Dougie Friedman cries tonight. It's an interesting theme considering what we're talking about. Daryl Tully, three points off 10th, which I really enjoyed. Uh, Paul Kensley, punch and answer these critics. 
Uh, Callum Hutchinson with We Will Escape Relegation. James Delaway out of the relegation zone. Paul Kensley with Please as Punch Today. Um, Michelle Geary goes with some alliteration with Pulis, Pulis' Palace Punch Potters. Ooh, and Patrick O'Connor with Punch and Show's Great Bounce Back Ability. Uh, thanks for all of those. There are loads more as well. Really do appreciate it. Can't read them all, mainly because we've just mumbled and our way through most of the show today and dragged it on and on and on. Sorry about that. <clears throat> it's Joel's fault mainly. Joel, you want to talk about Thank companion? You. Yeah, just very quickly. Uh, Danny and Sip said 2014, this time we stay. Um, right, so Jeff Rock put on the on the Olmsdale stay, uh, just watched Tony Pulis in, uh, Friday interview on Palace Player and his reply to the question on Campania was muted. Has anyone been able to lip read it? So we scroll down and go to Nathan, uh, CPFCD from South West 16, and he said, heard the interview live and he just said he needs to get English football, so the best thing would be to loan him out to a championship side. Interesting that it's been muted though. I wonder why. Um so I, was that is that is that news to you or did you know that? No, I've obviously I watched the video, but the thing is, if you go onto Palace Radio website, uh, Tony what Pulis said about companions on there anyway. So I, I think it's probably actually just a fault with the video upload. Uh, I don't right. think it's actually a deliberate attempt to mute what was said. All that was said was um, that Pulis feels that companion needs games and to get used to the English style of play, and he's trying currently trying to find him a Championship club to play with. Uh, you know, a suitable club to go to because that, that's that's what they think. And I think we knew that when we signed him that he was, you know, a young lad coming to a completely different culture. He, he wanted to get out of where he was. Um, he joined us, and um, you know, so people seem to like him, but he hasn't quite adjusted to the the English style of play and how things are. You know, and we can't really. That's the trouble with us being in the Premier League. I was talking about it during the week in terms of blooding young players and things like that. It's very hard to do in the Premier League, and the same goes for. For getting players to settle into the style, you can't. We we can't really say, oh, you know, have five games of being relatively effective, but you know, a bit of a weak link in in the Premier League. We can't. Every game's too important. Every point's too important to us. Um, and I suppose that's what, what you've either got to make your peace with that or not. Whether or not you accept that staying in the Premier League has, has become incredibly important because of what it allows us to do. But it it is to, to a degree it promotes short term thinking. It promotes the idea of spending large amounts of money on players with no real resale value just to stay in the division because as you've talked about a lot Joe the, divi- the difference between staying up and going down is so vast that any owner has to has to give it their best shot and if you yeah, think absolutely. about if you think about building the club up I mean you could build the club up over the course of 10 years you know with a, or you can build the club up over the course of 5 years um, with Premier League money and that sort of stuff I mean you know obviously I'm plucking fig- you know time periods out of the air but it will be a lot easier for us to you know, get the club to a, to a level where it can sustain itself as a, as a sort of mid-level Premier League club and bring in that revenue and start to work and improve training facilities, improve the stadium, improve... All. It's a lot easier to do on a couple of seasons Premier League money than it is if we go up and go back down again. Because basically, pretty soon we'll be in another position again where if we go down and we don't get straight back up and the parachute money goes then you're suddenly asking people to put their hands in their pockets again. And when I say people, I mean CPFC 2010. And they'll only do that for so long until we have to sell, you know, the next Johnny Williams, the next Sully Kai Kai, the next whoever it might be. Uh, and and pe- we, don't want, we don't want that. That just goes back to where we were. And, you know, people didn't want us to sell Wilf. We had to sell Wilf, you know, and in the end it turned out we'd, we'd managed to convince him to stay. We'd have, um, we'd have been able to afford to pay him what he was deserved and he'd probably be a lot happier, but... 
that, that's where we are as a football pub, club. Club, <laughs> club. People have just got to get used to it, I think, and and let us let us develop. I think. Um, I was trying to work out what Nick wanted. He'd been trying to get into touch all day. I think he's had a little strop and just tweeted us. Let's see what it was. No, 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 no. Oh, I can't see it. While you're, you you're looking for that, yeah. Can I just add one thing? Yeah. When Wilf scored them two goals against Brighton, he was centre forward. Say that again. When Will what? When Wilf scored the yeah. two goals against Brighton, he was actually playing as a centre forward for us. Yeah, I, I, it's an interesting point because right. Oh, Do you yeah. think? Yeah. That he would be, bearing in mind the movement that he showed him, and, would, and, and with those two goals, that he would be a possibility as a forward for whoever, hopefully mm. us, or even Man United. Yeah. Dare I say Man United. When, when the, one of the first times I ever, I ever spoke to Wilf um, was when, when he, I think he'd just scored, uh, he'd had that one game where he came on and scored on his debut, was it against Leicester or someone? Uh, hard to remember. It was the first game of the season. He was playing under George Burley, and he was talking. We were talking about that goal. It was his, obviously his first goal for Palace, and I was just just having a chat with him about it. And he was saying that although he's being played wide and he, people call him a winger, he he think he feels he is a as a, a centre forward. He and does. He said, and he said he said he, he said he really liked playing alongside Alan Lee, who it was at the time, because he was like he knew where Alan Lee was going to flip the ball onto, and he reckoned he could get on the end of everything. And that's that's how he, he, was, he wouldn't get so, in a team of Alan Lees, though, would he? <laughs> he wouldn't know. Team of ten Alan Lees and a Wilf Zaha. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. Um, that he—that's how he saw himself, and that was only what he must have been, probably seventeen, maybe nearly eighteen at the yeah. time. And that's that's what he thought of himself as. He thought of himself as a central forward who could roam a little bit. He like certainly showed he yeah. can do it. I, I, I've always. I always I used to trot this statistic out a couple of years back, and it was that every time Wilford played centre forward for Palace, he'd scored. Uh, I think at one point he had five goals in three games as centre forward. Cause I think he got a couple against Crawley and then scored again. I can't remember exactly, but he played like three games as centre forward and scored five. Uh, and I always thought you miss a trick. Um, Has when... anyone ever sounded him out, sounded his family out about coming back? Um, I, not that I'm aware of, but I think I think if, in all honesty, he's. he's I don't know how true the stories are of him, you know, the stropping out of meetings and stuff like that. It's not really the sort of person that you know he's reported to be. But um, I think probably he would. He's quite, you know, he's got his big move, hasn't he? And he just wants to play games. And I think he'd rather stay put where he is and, and do what they tell him to do to well, get into the team. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it's not beyond the realms of possibility, is it? It's not beyond the realms of possibility that Moyes would say, "Look, I've had enough. You're not getting anywhere, Zaha." Time for you to go, and it's not beyond the realms of possibility. We say, you know what, we got promoted. Have your have your money back. We'll take him back. Well, it's bizarre because we had this conversation about Ferguson. You know, you you said to me, do you think Fergie was right doing the way that he played his formations? And and the way that I see it is that Ferguson bought him, and that so the most, most successful manager possibly in English football history bought our, bought one of our players, and the, and the next one who comes in actually doesn't think he's good enough. Yeah, which is which is quite bizarre. It is, but um, he's not nicked him for a couple so, of million either. It's fifteen million. No, it's a real, it's a real shame. I think they paid ten up front. The rest are based on, on you know performances and stuff. But if he ain't playing, it's not going to go up, is it? But no. I don't know. I don't know what the future holds for him. But it's little doubt that he's one of the most talented players ever to play for Palace. And and I would never, I, I'd just love one day for him to come back. And I never thought it would happen. But you see how things are going. You see where we are. Who knows? Who knows what the future holds? Eh. Mm. Um. Well, 
I think we'll end it there. We've <laughs> been going long enough. Uh, that is the end of the show today. Massive, excuse me, massive thanks to... It's the beer again. I just downed the last of the beer and had to burp. Just, I just won't learn. Um, so, yeah, anyway, thanks to everybody who's listened today. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, as mentioned earlier on, today was our third birthday. It does seem amazing. We're still going and getting more popular than ever. We'll have a little clip... <laughs> just burped like three times little clip package for you any minute now I'd like to particularly thank those of you who sponsored or donated funds to our cause it's made it so much easier this season for us to carry on with live broadcasts and to keep working on improving the show uh, as always you can get in touch with us we're not off air we're with an email to radio at homestale.net if you want to contribute uh, we'll always incorporate the best and most relevant emails into the following week's show uh, next Sunday we return with something of a surprise show we'll say no more about it but do join us at 8pm next week on wholeradio.net goodbye hello and welcome to homesdale.net radio my name is chris hambling you'll know me better as hambo and with me today i have Ferhad zaidi who you'll know as past dribble shoot and ben nagel who you might know as ben n17 today the show is just a, a quick trial to see how we get on and it's a free to listen palace show available worldwide and as a podcast Yep, uh, we've got a text in from Toby Lerone in... Uh, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough was... Middlesbrough was the goal of the season, to be honest with me. <laughs> Very disappointed it's not been had. <laughs> mother got... Mother, mother stuck one in the top corner from 30 yards. I've had to yeah. twi- twi- uh, twist past three defenders and put it underneath the keeper. And, That's it. And he That's gets scored cool. once I was got it, to be honest, but never mind. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, he wanted more. Um, uh, 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 Even uh, when we went in at half-time, I thought that uh, a point, although we got a point in the end, I thought at half-time a point would be, uh, would be good, would be good. Daddy felt that it was the best thing for him on the balance of what we talked about and what he talked about to Bolton, that, that, that he should go there, you know, and, and I don't, nobody knows 100% what goes through somebody else's head. But there was nothing sinister. I met with Daddy on Sunday. We had a great chat. Um, I, I laid out where we were as a club and what I thought that we could do. Yeah, I went Loftus Road. Um, it was two two ex-Crystal Palace players. It was Routledge. No, there was Derry crossing from the right into the box. And Routledge, he nutmegged it through Norwood's Lothworthy. <laughs> and then to the left pass of Diving Simonson. It's QPR 1. Sheffield United now. Have you, uh, have you got a cold in your on your journey on the way to Loftus Road there? Yes. Was it? <laughs> yeah. I can I can remember it like it was yesterday. Watford Gap yeah. Service Station on the M6. Um, walked in, saw him. Obviously, he hadn't finished playing very long, and it's sort of like just I was still I was I was in awe of him a little bit, and yeah. he, the, he just shook me hand. He said, "How are you doing?" I said, "Yeah, I'm good, thank you." He goes, "Do you want a cup of tea?" And uh, the rest of the rest of the time, I'm just working towards being invited onto the fucking Palace comedy show. You know, <laughs> I just couldn't believe I wasn't there. Yeah, that was a big omission there. Um, I mean, what the hell? Do, do, do you know Kev? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but obviously, 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 the relationship isn't quite as warm as I thought it was. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry I'm late, I'm just from being a referee. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Communicate. Shall, shall I do mine, Chris? Yeah, go on. Okay. Joe Ward, Joe Ward, Joe Ward, Joe Ward. <laughs> he'll skin him on the wings, he'll beat his man. This show's getting a bit wacky, isn't it? I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure about this direction we're taking. Joe Ward, Joe Ward, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when he goes past you, Joe Ward, Joe Ward? What you gonna do? What you gonna do when he goes past you? And uh, have your highlight and lowlights of the season, uh, from your, your point of view, yeah. uh, what will your highlight of the season be? Definitely my highlight of the season is probably one of them's got to be the Leeds game, just just that feeling. It was almost of like a repeat, sort of, a, not as big as the Sheffield Wednesday game, but for me, because I missed the Sheffield Wednesday game last season through um, a little bit of stupidness, it was, um, it was sort of... Memo, we know. It was, yeah, exactly. It was sort of the same sort of feeling. And We've uh, sort of said... Uh, you know their highs and their lows and so forth. And I mean, uh, I mean. Uh, Can I just say as well, one of my highs of the season is getting <laughs> getting interviewed by a pissed radio presenter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Homesdale Radio is proudly sponsored by CompleteSigns.co.uk. Complete Signs are a producer of top quality internal and external signs for an ever-expanding portfolio of clients, including hotels, schools, local authorities and small businesses across the nation. Offering a wide range of creative solutions from flat metal nameplates to neon fascia signs and everything in between. Clients are offered the highest standards in consultation and sales support to ensure complete customer satisfaction. With clients free to choose solutions from a wide variety of materials including brass, aluminium, stainless steel, wood and a number of plastics. Covering most of South England with virtual offices in Croydon, Epsom, Hawley, Worcester Park in Surrey, Crowthorne in Berkshire, Regent Street West London, Docklands East London and Crawley and Brighton in Sussex. So if you're looking for the complete professional service for your sign needs, then look no further than Complete Signs. Head to their website, completesigns.co.uk, for further information, including contact details and full office addresses. I wouldn't make it. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club, because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. 
SteveMcDonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.